0: You are now listening to the Rose of Sharon Church podcast. It is our prayer that God challenges your heart during this week's message. If you would like to let us know what God is doing in your life, please email us at share at gmail.com. We're glad you're here. Welcome home to Rose of Sharon Church. If you have your Bibles, turned to Exodus chapter 19. When you have it, say Amen. Take one finger, put it over to Acts chapter 2. We will get there as well. This morning on this Pentecost Sunday, I'll be honest with you, I was planning on preaching on a little different, but as I began to, began to study, the, this passage of Scripture began to evolve and began to take me down a different kind of them where I was going. This morning as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday today, we rejoice in what God did in pouring out the Holy Spirit on the disciples when they gathered together in the upper room and what happened whenever it began to spill out onto the streets in Jerusalem. That one event on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, not only spread throughout the city and caused the gospel to spread across the city, but it caused the gospel to be able to spread across continents, over national boundaries. It not only spread over distance, but it has spread over time. Two thousand years later, the power of Pentecost is still driving the gospel. This morning, this powerful moment, Whenever it happened and the Holy Ghost fell, the church was introduced on that day of Pentecost. And this morning I want you to realize something. What happened 2,000 years ago is still working even this morning in this church. What God introduced 2,000 years ago is still moving in power even after so many years later. This morning during our observant in Pente- observance of Pentecost Sunday, it is very different than what you would find in the, in the traditional Jewish holiday. Because you see, understand something, the way we celebrate today is a beautiful thing. But until you really begin to understand the Jewish perspective of Pentecost, it can really begin to show you something powerful about today's understanding of Pentecost. This morning I was going to be talking, even last week I was planning on talking about, just about Pentecost, this is that. And talking about the manifestation thereof. But this morning as I began to Get in the Word of God, and as I begin to begin to study and begin to see, spend some time with the Lord, brother and sister, there's a few things that begin to change. One of them is from our text. I want you to look at Exodus chapter 19 this morning. Exodus chapter 19. Look at verse 11. Okay, Exodus 19, verse 11. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Lord, if you don't find it by now, you're just going to have to cheat off the neighbor's Bible or back behind me. This is what the Word of God says in verse 11. And let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Now this is the Lord's instruction to Moses as he was getting ready to show himself to the children of Israel that he has just brought out of Egypt. He's getting ready to introduce himself. The true power. He's about to get ready to form the framework of a relationship that he is going to have with the children of Israel that's going to last for thousands of years and then be fulfilled in Christ Jesus. All of this is getting ready to be formed. And understand what is now getting ready. This is where he begins to show himself and begins to give, in Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. Understand what's now happening in verse 12. Listen to this. You shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourself. That you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Or whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Look at your neighbor and say, "God's God's a holy God. God's a holy God. You don't mess with the things of God. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Look down at verse 13. Not a hand shall touch him. But he shall be surely stoned or shot with an arrow. Neither man nor beast he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people. And they washed their clothes. How many know it's good to be clean? Look over at your neighbor and go, Woo, Jesus, it's good to be clean. You've been wondering, ah, I don't need to take a bath today. Yes, in the Bible. Wash your clothes. You come to church, wash your clothes. Hallelujah. Get... Thank you, Jesus. G- Especially if I'm sitting next to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. G- Thank you, Jesus. That was just a blessing just to be able to throw out there. Hallelujah. But anyway, anyway, so listen to what he states here. And he said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not come near your wives. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud that was on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. They have come out to meet the Lord. They have come to a place to meet the Lord, to see the Lord. But to be honest, they never get a chance to go up and actually interact with the Lord. They have to stand at a distance. Now listen to what then begins to happen. Now, Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. Now when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. Catch this. That's crazy. Do you realize this, that that when the Ten Commandments are given, and during this moment... That Moses is speaking with God and God is speaking to Moses. That all of the people heard what was going on. They are seeing all of this and they are hearing. Catch this. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on top of the mountain. And the Lord called to Moses to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up. This morning, I pray in the name of Jesus, dear God, that you will help me preach. That you, will, dear God, be with me. Let me speak, dear God, and let every very concisely and very powerfully this morning that we recognize, dear God, the power that is found, dear God, in Pentecost. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will help me today. And that every person, when they leave, they've been able to say, that, dear God, we have come and encountered the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we have felt his presence and that we have been changed in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen Amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's Pentecost." Pentecost. This morning, as we've referenced before, the Jewish people, they celebrate Pentecost a little different. They celebrate it because it has been laid out in law how that they are to celebrate it, it's been laid out in in the Old Testament how that we they are to celebrate Pentecost. Why is that? Because listen to this, Pentecost was named for being the fiftieth day after Passover, Penta Pentecost was one of three annual great Jewish festivals that is mentioned in Exodus chapter 23 and also in Exodus 34. It is known as the festival of first fruits. It is also known as the grain harvest festival. And it's also known as the feast of wheat. Pentecost was observed by bringing sacrifices to the Lord on the 50th day from Passover. They would bring sacrifices for a sin offering, and they would bring sacrifices for a peace offering. And then what they would do is this, because of their growing season, by the time that Pentecost came, Fifty days after Passover would mark the beginning of their harvest time. They would come and they would take the beginning of their grain, the first fruits of the very first of the harvest. They would come and take the grain and they would bring it to the tabernacle or they would take it to the temple. And they would make bread of the grain. And before the priests would take... uh, a sacrifice of a sin offering and a peace offering, they would come and they would take the first fruits, and they would take the loaves of bread, and they would wave it before the Lord, and they would declare thanksgiving, because the Lord has blessed them with the harvest. Mmm, Jesus. The first fruits were given to the Lord. And they were blessed. Now understand this. Pentecost is not only known as the festival of of first fruits. Or of a grain harvest festival. Or either the the feast of weeks. But understand this. It's also known as this. This holiday is known as the joy of the law. Now did you know this? Pentecost was not just about the first fruits alone. It was also to remember something that happened on that day of Pentecost. Thousands of years before, on the day of Pentecost, they began to give offerings to the Lord. Peace offerings. Sin offerings. Why? Because there was a day that Moses came to the children of Israel and said sanctify yourself, clean yourself up, because on the third day, the Lord is coming and He's sitting on top of Mount Sinai. Understand this, Pentecost is also the festival that marks the anniversary of when the Ten Commandments are given. And the law of Moses is instituted. The law of Moses was given in tablets of stone so that people may see what the Lord wanted from them in order to have fellowship with them. But understand this, in Exodus chapter 19, verses 16 through 20, the signs on Mount Sinai of what was happening was very easy to see. If you look at verse 16 through 20, you can begin to pick them out pretty quickly. Look here, and Sister Lisa, if you could be able to give me just a little bit of monitor, I sure would appreciate it. Mount Sinai, you can be able to see the signs on Mount Sinai about what the Lord was doing. You can look at them. First of all, you can see that it was surrounded by a storm. Storm all over the place. Lightning, thundering, all kinds of stuff. The sky turning dark. What were some of the other sounds? The other sounds were this, the sounding of trumpets. There was a sound that was emanating, that something was happening. You can also begin to even see that the Lord, the other sign was this. The Bible says that it was like a flame of fire came and set on top of Mount Sinai, that it was like a furnace. Just smoke everywhere. The glory of God everywhere as they looked up and they saw a mountain literally on fire on top like a furnace. The Bible says that the mountain shook greatly. And then the Bible also tells us in Exodus 20 that the Lord spoke to Israel. Understand something. Some 2,000 or so or a couple thousand years later, guess what happens? On the day of Pentecost, on the day that they are also celebrating the law of Moses being put into place, on a day where there's joy of the law, whenever they are celebrating the law of Moses, isn't it ironic? that on that day, the Lord shows up on the day of Pentecost and says this, there once was 2,000 years ago, there was an awakening and there was an encounter with you, but now, thousands of years later, on this day of Pentecost, I want to introduce you to a brand new revelation that I want to be able to give to every person here. That is the power of the Holy Ghost living and breathing inside of you. Brother and sister, this new revelation, this new encounter, is something that I just like to call Pentecost Revised. And that's what I want to preach on this morning Pentecost Revised. Revised is defined as to change or to amend. Now, you may say, well, what does amend mean? I know what the word changes, but what does the word amend mean? Amend is defined as to improve. Realize this, brother and sister, on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, they are there to celebrate what happens in in Exodus chapter 19 and Exodus chapter 20. But when on the day of Pentecost was fully come, they had come into a position that guess what? The Lord stands up and says this, I am going to give you a brand new reality. I'm going to slide, and I've already through the death of my son, I have already fulfilled the law, but now I want to give you another encounter that can change your life, that can be able to view The power of God working in your life different than what you've ever experienced in Exodus chapter 19. Pentecost revised. Look at your neighbor and say, let the preacher preach this morning. Now realize this. Look in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Look at verse 1 now. We're going to read just a few sections. And I want you to begin to compare and contrast The signs that we talked about in Exodus 19. What were the signs in Exodus chapter 19? Somebody tell me, we just talked about them. For just a moment, they were what? They were a storm. There was all that was coming, all kinds of stuff. The signs of a storm that were coming. There was also a sound. There was also what? Fire. There was also shaking. There was also speaking. Now look here in Acts chapter 2. Now this, I pray to God, blesses you as much as it blesses me. Listen to this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Brothers and sisters, as we just shared, the signs of the encounter on Mount Sinai in, in Exodus chapter 19. Brother and sister, signs of a storm, a sound, fire, shaking, and speaking. When you begin to take those signs and you begin to apply it to Acts chapter 2, guess what? You begin to see something that is similar. The signs from Acts or from Exodus 19 that ushered in the law of Moses, that ushered in that encounter and that relationship with God, all of a sudden they're being duplicated in Acts chapter 2. Oh, Jesus, my Lord, have mercy. I, I, I. I'm just going to preach myself happy. Y'all can watch me get happy all by me. Realize this. There are no coincidences in the presence of God. There are no coincidences in the Word of God. Realize this. The God that started in Exodus 19 is the same God that orchestrated all this in Acts chapter 2. And He is the same God that wants to orchestrate something like this in your life this morning. Listen to this. In Exodus chapter 19, there were signs of a storm that appeared. Thunder, lightning, all these sounds. Now how many of you last night, if y'all haven't noticed, we had a nice little tree that decided that it wanted to go and take a nap. So part of the tree is laid out over here. Dr. Jim, did you hear the, the, the brushing as, as the tree just kind of massaged your, the back of your house as it fell? Hopefully you didn't have a heart attack as it fell. But Lord, you know, the thing about it is this. A storm comes in different many ways. You can have thunder, you can have lightning. Yesterday, man, it looked terrible up around Dyer up past Covington black and man thunder everywhere lightning everywhere and all of a sudden you begin to feel something else blowing at the same time what was that the wind And it begins to blow and you begin to feel this thing and you can see the storm coming and you can feel the wind begin to blow the wind pushing on that storm that is approaching Brothers and understand something. The Word of God says in Exodus chapter 19 that there was thunder and lightning. But here in Acts chapter 2, what does it say? That the Word of God says this, that when they were together in one place in the upper room, that what they began to hear was this, the sound of a rushing, mighty wind that was beginning to blow. Understand this, brothers and sister. Yes, they may have seen thunder and lightning, but can I be able to tell you something? It's all part of the same storm. Come on, somebody. It's all a part of what God is beginning to usher in. And realize this, in the Exodus chapter 19, it says this, that they heard a sound, that there was a trumpet that was blaring, and the people shook from the very power of the trumpet and beginning to shake and sing the awesomeness of God and sing the, the trumpet's blasting forth the cry saying, Here is the Lord God descending. Yeah. Listen is what it says in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pisco fully come, they were all together in one court in one place, and suddenly there came a what? A sound as of a mighty rushing wind that begins... Can I just tell you something brother and sister? The same kind of thunder, the same glory, the same presence of the Lord that's in the throne room today. I can just imagine as it's sitting there, and He's in the glory of God, and it's moving around the throne room of God, and all of a sudden He says, guess what? It is the day of Pentecost. It's time for me to be able as they celebrate the law of Moses. I'm about." to show them a brand new encounter an encounter of power and what does he do he comes into that position that he opens up a little portal into heaven's glory and all of a sudden the disciples that are there 120 and all the people that are around that are witnessing they begin to hear something Have you ever heard the storm before it gets to you? You can hear that wind coming. You can hear the story. All of a sudden they begin to hear something. They begin to hear it echo and reverberating through the glory. Through the, all into a place that there that they are at and all of a sudden the wind begins to blow and they begin to recognize that something has walked in the building with them. Something has shown up and they begin to say, my God and glory. I realize this. The next sign was this? They had the they had wind. They had the sound. The, the 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 storm. They had the sound. And then all of a sudden, next thing that you begin to find out is the Lord descended in Exodus nineteen in fire. Put up Acts chapter two. Realize this: you got the storm, you got the sound, you got the wind. And it filled the whole house where they're at can you imagine that ever their windows are just people like going what in the world just feeling the presence of the lord just moving around that block can you just imagine for just a moment have you ever been in a place where you could just feel the presence of the lord and you're like my lord is just everywhere can you imagine the people that are out in the state in the city that is around them going Whoa! What is that that I'm feeling, Lord? I'm like Spider Man. I got my hair standing up on the What is that? I know something's happening. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that when they were there in the upper room, there appeared to them divided or cloven tongues of fire. Now, when you see the word cloven, what that really is is that word divided. But can I to tell you something? If you're going to have divided, what do you have to have to start off with? you got to have a whole. Can I ask you something? What is the very thing that the children of Israel followed at dark in evening time when they were in the desert? A pillar of fire. Let me just tell you something brother and sister this is the people that are Jews they know their history they know what God has done all of a sudden, when they're in a place where they are celebrating not just first fruits, but the joy of the law, their relationship with God as it goes through the law of Moses, through the Ten Commandments, through all the law that you find in Leviticus, they are celebrating all of that. And in the middle of it, all of a sudden the Lord begins to descend in a pillar of fire. And every person that is seeing this recognizes, my God, that comes right out of history. They are recognizing what is going on here. That is a sign that God is here. That God is present. That God is working. And guess what it then does? That whole column of fire all of a sudden becomes what? Divided. Now I know we got pictures of little, you know, you're a little lighter and you got this little flame and it just, that's what they have right there on their head. Just. You know what, he come to that place. That's what I think of. When you see all those pictures, little flick my bit. You know, got the little fire right there on the head and like going. Can I tell you something? I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. Because guess what happens? The Bible says this, that you look at what happens in Exodus 19, and you see the awesomeness of the way God showed up, Brother and sister, whenever the Lord showed up and He says that it's like divided tongues of fire that begins to spread out on everybody there, when the Lord shows up in that column of fire and He shows up in the power of the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden it begins to break and you begin to see cracks in it and you begin to see that column begin to separate and all of a sudden it begins to fall on every disciple, on every person that's there in the upper room and all of a sudden it comes from a place, not just lit a little fire on my head, but brother and sister, it becomes an all-consuming fire that begins to burn in them. Brother and sister, why is that? Because the Word of God says even in Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 29, that our God is a consuming fire. Amen. Woo, he came and began to work, and just all of a sudden, every person in there... Man began to glow with the radiance of the Lord. You may say, Pastor Tim, how does that work? Can I tell you something? If you'll begin to read Exodus nineteen through the rest of that that book, you know what you begin to find when Moses goes up into the mountain into the presence of the Lord. The Bible says this: when he came down off of the mountain, you know what they had to do? They put, had to put a veil over his face. Why? Because he shined with the glory of God. It was like a fire that was burning on the inside of him that he radiated everywhere. You said past him, that was then. Can I just share some with you? It can be now. Amen. The Lord comes into a position where he says this: I am going to replicate." what I did in Exodus 19 in Acts chapter 2, but I'm going to improve it. How is that? Because brother and sister, I'm going to do something not on just an impersonal scale, not on something where everybody sees it, but they can't be a part of it. I'm going to do it in such a way that you can see it, you can experience it, and it can come and be a part of you this morning. Jesus. Jesus. Realize this, brother and sister, If you'll begin to read. The Lord begins to come to a place, he begins to pour out to Moses. Moses, I want you to build uh, an ark. I want you to build a tabernacle. I want you to build a way to worship me and to be able to have fellowship with me. So what did he do? He went and he began to build an ark. He built an ark and they called it the Ark of the Covenant. Why the Ark of the Covenant? Because it was literally one of the pretenses in commandments of the covenant to make this. It was going to be a place where my glory would sit. Now how many of you have ever seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? All right, Good movie, good movie, but stupid movie. All right, all right. In that... And sister, if it's the true real deal thing, nobody could have been able to touch it. No. Right. Nobody could be able to touch it. Understand this the presence of the Lord, the Bible says this that it was encased in gold. And it was a box, and in the box set the original commandments stone. It set Manna that the Lord provided the entire entire children of Israel, manna, for years to keep them from starving in the desert. It held Aaron's budded or budding rod that when people began to question if he was the right man for the job, that he left their walking sticks in in the Holy of Holies. And guess what? The presence of the Lord caused Aaron's walking stick to bud. And begin to flower. Now realize this. You get into that position. That you have the presence of the Lord that is built. And there on top of this box that holds these precious contents is two cherubim. And they have their wings that are spread over touching on each side. And in the middle there's this little altar area little raised kind of box they called that the mercy seat you realize this that whenever once a year when the priest would make an atonement for sin he would take from hyssop that was a type of plant, he would stick it into the blood of that animal and he would go into the holy of holies and he would take that blood and he would throw it and cast it upon the mercy seat why It was to be able to ask forgiveness because sin costs blood. Somebody's blood. We're thankful that we don't have to kill animals. Why? Because Jesus died for our sins. But understand on the mercy seat there set something. You know what it was? It was a fire that set that no man started and no man could put out. Why? Because it was the presence of the Lord. That set as fire, that would burn. You want to know why the Ark of the Covenant was undefeated when they walked out under the direction of the Lord into battle? Because of one reason. Whenever the Ark walked out, guess what? The presence of the Lord walked out with them. It was the presence of the Lord that radiated through the battlefield. Why? They were able to destroy much mightier weapons and much mightier people than they were. Why? Because the presence of the Lord was with them. Now realize this, brother and sister. That set in a tabernacle and in a temple where people would come to worship the Lord and then they would take sacrifices... And thrown upon the presence of the Lord to ask for forgiveness of sin. Catch this. On the day of Pentecost, it's almost like he reached back into, into Exodus 19 and says, Listen, we instituted a tabernacle we instituted the ark of the covenant we instituted a place for the presence of the lord to sit but brother and sister according to your god according to 1 corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 guess what the lord says in acts chapter 2 i want to start a brand new thing there is not going to be a building where my presence will reside why because i want to make you a temple of the holy spirit and what He says is this, brother and sister, He wants you to be that temple of the power of God working in through your life. So hear me for a second, brother and sister. Whenever we see this, this column of the glory of the Lord coming down, breaking out, and coming and resting on individuals all in that building, really what the Lord is saying is this, My glory... My power is not meant for a select few. It's not meant for just the high priest to see it. It's not meant just for this one to experience. It's meant for everyone to experience the glory of the Lord. He wants you to experience the glory of the Lord. He wants you to experience the power of God. He said, Brother Tammy, that's just for somebody else. Well, then take it up with the Lord. Because he says this, he wants you to experience it. Well, yeah, I just I just don't know I really believe that God can be able to do, and I, I just don't know. <laughs> he has made a way for you to receive the fullness of the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. He wants you to experience it. Catch this, let me me just finish up here because I know you're all ready for me to quit this morning. The Lord spoke in Exodus chapter 19 and verse 20. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to read later on, give you some homework. Read Exodus 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Man, it's powerful. But listen to this, what begins to happen. The Lord is speaking to the children of Israel you know what the children of Israel do? They run to Moses and they say Moses. In Exodus 20, he says, Moses, please tell the Lord to stop talking to us because he's freaking me out. <laughs> right? I catch this. They are, now understand something. The children of Israel are at the foot of a mountain. They're looking up at the top of the mountain. The mountain is on fire. The mountain is shaking. Everything around it is all black. There's thundering. There's lightning. There's stuff going on. And you hear a voice in the middle of us. Thou shalt not. Yes, Lord. You're talking about Man. That sounds a whole lot more intimidating than this little punk preacher being up here. <laughs> and the people go up and they're like going, Moses, you look after he gives the Ten Commandments. Right after he gives the Ten Commandments, they run to, to, to Moses and they're saying, like, Moses, time out. you got to tell the Lord to shut up because I can't deal with that. <laughs> Catch this. Now this is what they tell Moses. Moses, tell the Lord to talk to you. And you can talk to us and tell us what. Because that's freaky. Can I just tell you something, brother and sister. How many times do we do that in our own church services? The power of God begins to move. God starts doing stuff. And you're like going, ooh, that's kind of freaky. Woo. Woo. You're like, Time out. Let me pull out the phone and let me look at what's going on at somebody else's church. Because this right here is freaking me out. All of a sudden, all of a sudden everybody has bladder issues. I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm sorry, gotta go to the bathroom. Oh man, it could rain. I need to go roll up my windows. Sun is out, it's beautiful. All of a sudden, we'll get to a place. Why? Because whenever God starts moving and God starts doing things, sometimes whenever it can make you uncomfortable. Listen, the children of Israel are hearing the Ten Commandments being set out before them. And it kind of freaks them out. Just like some of y'all, when I start talking about different things that are socially you know, unacceptable in today's culture, but the Lord still says, Thou shalt not. And you're like, and I can tell. I mean, you start talking about it. You start talking about, you know, like. You start talking about shacking up as a, as a friend of mine used to call it all the time. Living together and you're outside the bonds of matrimony. You start talking. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Lord! You start talking about sexual purity. You start talking about even. Oh, Jesus. You start talking about who you love and who you. Oh, Jesus. You get into all kinds of problems. People get antsy. You know, that person that you're all loved up to and you start preaching, all of a sudden you start doing this number. Now, understand something. Why is that? Because sometimes it's uncomfortable when God starts saying, Thou shalt not... And begins to talk plainly to you. All of a sudden you can get kind of like, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, time out, time out. This is getting too much. Getting too much. Tell the preacher to tell a story right now. Tell the preacher to do something else. Why? Because brothers and sisters, a lot of times we don't like to hear thus saith the Lord. Because it can be uncomfortable. So what do they do? They go to Moses and they say, Moses... You tell me what he's saying, but don't let the Lord talk to us anymore. Why? Because it's a lot more easier for you to not pay attention to what I'm saying than it is for the Lord to show up and go, Thou shalt not. Now, you, that's a lot different. Can you believe that the children of Israel told the Lord, could you please just be quiet for just a little while because you're freaking me out? Understand something. Whenever they did that, Do you realize that that's one of the last few times that the Lord spoke openly to all of children of Israel? Matter of fact, it's the last time that I found that He spoke openly to the entire children of Israel. From that point on, he only talked to Moses. He only talked to this one. He only talked to that one. He would talk to Deborah. He would talk to Jephthah. He would talk to this one. He would talk to that prophet, that prophet, that prophet, and that prophet. But he very few would ever speak openly to the entire people. Why? Because the people said, time out. No, 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 no. Give me one person. Can't deal with that. Now look what then begins to happen. On the day of Pentecost... 120 people up in the upper room. Look here at verse 4 of Acts chapter 2. Sister Joy, put that up there one more time. Look here at what begins to happen. Acts 2. There it is. Listen to what begins to happen. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What does the word utterance mean? Well, yeah, it's, it's sound, but it also has to deal with kind of where the beginning of the sound takes place. The source of it. Okay? Understand something. You may be freaked out. Oh my God, they spoke to." It's a Pentecostal church. Oh, Jesus. I wish we spoke more in tongues than what we do now. Lord,
1: ah,
0: Lord, dear God, I would love to see it. Lord, let's Pentecostal pandemonium in Jesus' name. want to see that. People freak out like, oh, my God, tongues. But listen to this. You freak out about it all the time. People freak out about it. But listen, there is a power that's found in this one word right here. Utterance. Where did the utterance come from? The Spirit. Understand this. It's not a you thing. It's a God thing. Understand something. In Exodus chapter 19, the Lord is stalking to them and they're like going, Time out! This time, the Lord says this in Acts chapter 2. He says, I'm going to put 120 megaphones. I'm going to let it spill out of the upper room. It's going to get all around the area. And you guess what? I'm going to do something. You look at verse 5 all the way down to about verse 12. I ain't got time to read it. You can read it when you get home. The Bible begins to call out all the different... Put up verse 5 down through there. And look at all these different nationalities that begins to come up. Well, 5 through 12, sorry. Well, you can go ahead. Next one. Look down here. They, all these men were dwelling in Jerusalem. Jews, all these people. And understand what is beginning to happen. They are beginning to come into a place. Go down one more. There, right, there it is. All these different people groups that speak languages that are not necessarily Hebrew or any of the Jewish tongue. Understand this. They all live in a in the Roman society, so they all can be able to speak a form of Greek. But understand this, they have a home tongue, a tongue that they spoke in their native land. And understand what happens here. 120 of them get spread out in that area because the power of God hit, and realize when it hit, it spread spewed out. I wish I had time to be able to talk about what God wants to do in here. Let me just say this. Brother and sister, God does not want to touch you in here for it to stay in here. This is to be nothing more than the upper room. This is to be nothing. Oh Jesus let me say that again. This church is to be nothing more than a weekly upper room where that you come in you receive where God touches you and then you blow up and go out there and see God do something outside these doors you're probably going to be hearing me preach on that later on but anyway realize this he'd come into this position that here they are all these individuals all these people groups 120 people scattered out and all of a sudden they're speaking in other tongues As they're just speaking they're speaking and people in verse 7 i think it was in verse 7 that even said this all these people looking around here, all these people groups are like going, dude, these are Galileans. Pretty much what they're saying is these folks are just stupid people. These jokers are dumb. They don't know any of these other languages. They don't know my language. They don't know this language, that language. How do they know my language? Why? Because there's something called the Spirit of God that is giving them utterance. guess what there's a hundred and twenty megaphones that's screaming out and what are they saying so they are all amazed and perplexed and said to one listen what it says in verse 11 that we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God a hundred and twenty megaphones Giving out the same message in different languages, all about the power and the wonderful works of Christ. They are preaching Jesus to them before Peter ever stands up and gives the message of Jesus. So, what happens? In Exodus 19, they're saying, please shut up, please shut up. And the Lord says, this time, I ain't shutting up for them. I'm going to amplify my voice. (laughs) Why? Because he wants to be heard by you. So what does he say? I'm not going to use and going to speak off of a mountain. I'm going to get inside of you. And when I get inside of you, I want to amplify... The work of God in you. My sister, I, I got to stop. But, I, I, but understand this, brother and sister, there is so much power that is found in this. God wanted to start a brand new relationship with the church than what he had with the children of Israel because he wanted to deal with you individually. And he wanted to speak into your heart individually. And he wanted to give you an encounter with the Holy Ghost that was something that is yours. That is power. Let me say, Pastor Tim, how can this be? I want you to show you something. In Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, let me find Maybe verse 37 somewhere out there. Listen to what this Word of God says. Now, when they heard this, that's the people, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promises to you and to your children and to all that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Realize this, brother and sister. When he talks about salvation, realize this: there are two separate things he's talking about: salvation, and then you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's me let me know. Brother and sister, there are two different things here: salvation. And then there's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What's the difference? Man, I wish I had a little bit more time. But look, at, in John chapter 4, you'll begin to realize there's a, warm, there's, a, there's a passage of Scripture where Jesus comes to a lady at the well. And he says this, Out of your very being will spring up life. I said you want know you know what salvation is? It's when the Lord comes in there and begins to spring and puts a fountain of life in your spirit. Life. But guess what? In John chapter 7, Jesus looks at them and says, This, out of your belly, when the Spirit of God comes, out of your belly will flow what? Rivers of living water. Well that means that allows me to understand something. That one is a fountain, one is a spring, one is a well. But understand this, when the Holy Spirit comes, it is more than just a well. It is more than just a spring. It becomes rivers that begin to flow out of you. What does that mean? Your capacity to be used of God begins to be doubled and tripled and quadrupled why because it is honestly nothing more than you being supercharged as the power of the holy ghost flowing through you That's as quick as i can be able to explain it, brother and sister this morning realize this the lord jesus he wants to yes he wants you to walk saved in a lifestyle of salvation but he also wants you to walk in the power of the holy ghost flowing in and out of you he wants you to be able to experience the fullness of who he is and the relationship that he can be able to have in your life exodus 19 showed us this but acts chapter 2 is the improvement it is the fulfilled walk with the lord or salvation is allows me to be able to walk into the fullness of the spirit of god as i allow him Father, in the name of Jesus now. Dear God, Lord, I know I've taken more time than what I should. But I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Dear God, Lord, that we may recognize the power of the Holy Ghost. As it works and as it lives in us. Dear God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Or you changed the direction I was planning on going. Be able to remind us that the relationship that he started in Exodus 19 is one that he wanted to be able to drastically change in the Gospels. And that led up into Acts chapter 2. He wanted us to become temples of the Holy Ghost. He wanted us to have a relationship with the Lord that is more than just go see a priest, go see this. He wanted us to walk in the fullness of the power of God in our lives. Dear God, Lord, even with this invitation, let us walk in the fullness of the power of God in our lives. Pray in the name of Jesus. Every eye looking at me for just a moment. This morning, I find this very powerful. Do you realize this? That Jesus never told his disciples that they were going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Dairy to find it in the gospel, you'll never find it. You know what he always told them? He just told them, I'm going to give you something. It's a gift. And you know what? They put themselves in a place to receive the gift. And they trusted the Lord. So when they got the gift, they were willing to be able to just allow the gift to flow out of them. And Pastor Timmy may say, why is that? Why are you saying that? Because this, and so many times we will say things like this. Well, I want God to do it, but I want to do it on my terms. I want God to touch me in my terms. I love the Lord. I don't know about that baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can I be able to share something with you? Do you know how long it took for the children or for the disciples to get to a place where they were ready for it? It took three and a half years of the Lord then following the Lord. It took 50 days from the time that He was resurrected or from the time that He died to the time that Pentecost came. Fifty days. You know what that allows me to know? It allows me to know this. When you come to the Lord, and you say, Lord Jesus, work in me. If I speak in tongues, I speak in tongues. If, I get, if the power of God hits me and I run, I run. God does something crazy in my life, then I'm okay with that. Why? Because of this one fact. I trust the Lord to work in my life. And I will follow Him. This morning, this is what I want to ask you to do this morning. Wherever journey that you are on this morning, wherever you are at in your walk with God, you say, Pastor Tim, I want that kind of relationship. Where I trust the Lord. And the Lord begins to reveal Himself to me in brand new ways as He did in Acts chapter 2. If that's you, I want you to just lift that hand across this building. I want you to lift that hand. Oh man, I'll lift my hand up. I want God to reveal that to me every day of the week. I want God to reveal something new in me. I'm nowhere near completed. I need God to show me new stuff all the time. I'm willing for him to I'm willing to trust the Lord. And allow the Lord to work in my life. And to bring me to the place. I want us all to stand to our feet across this building. Today, this morning I was going to, to do something completely different. But I just feel like this is the way the Lord wants me to do it. This morning, this is what I want to ask you to do this morning. You say, Pastor Tim, I want to be able to have that revelatory experience with the Lord. Where the Lord shows up in my life. And I trust Him. And He begins to work in me. And I begin to walk in the fullness of that is the power of God in my life. If that's you here this morning, you'll say, Pastor Tim, that's me. I want you to do me a favor. I just want you to come down here. We're just going to pray together for just a moment. I want you to step out. I want you to come right now. Say, Pastor Tim, I want to have that revelatory moment, relationship with the Lord in my life. That when the Lord begins to just begins to deal with me, I want to be able to let God deal with me. Let God touch me. I understand some brother said I didn't ask if you want to get baptized in the Holy Ghost I asked that my question is this when I say I want that revelatory walk with the Lord that the Lord is showing me and he's pouring out in me my question is this why aren't you down here are you okay with where you're at are you okay with where you're at are you okay with just being somebody that says, yeah, I know the Lord? Are you okay with saying, yeah, I follow the Lord? Or are you wanting that? Because that is the whole thing. No, this is somebody's, and I'm speaking to each individual. Why? Because we get caught in this whole thing where we think, you realize this? There were 500 that was in the upper room before the Holy Ghost fell. Only 120 actually made it through. Why? Because all of a sudden, 380 of them said, You know what? I'm okay with the Lord. I need to go do this. I'm okay with this. I can be able to step out of this and I can be able to go. Why? Because, brother and sister, understand something. You can have situations and things in your life that will distract you and you can be able to go right off and never and miss out on what God has for you. I'll tell you this is what we're going to pray. I'm about to come and we're going to pray for these here this morning.